episode 156. Late Night Internet Marketing. This week on the Late Night Internet Marketing Podcast, we talk a little bit more about the kind of mindset that you need for your business, and we dive into how to find those suppliers for that Amazon FBA wholesale business that we talked about last week. All this and more on the Late Night Internet Marketing Podcast. The Late Night Internet Marketing Podcast. You've been working for somebody else, but you want a business to run yourself. You want to know how to start, where to begin. Can you get out your comfort zone, my friend? Broadcasting late at night from a little studio in the big state of Texas, your host, Mark Mason. Hey, hey, I am Mark Mason, and I do hope that you're having an absolutely fantastic week. This is the Late Night Internet Marketing Podcast, and we do talk about how to run a successful, fantastic, magical internet business, an online business, a business where you're focused on doing the stuff that you want to do in a way that's profitable and helping other people. I hope you've had a fantastic week. I want to talk to you this week about how to find wholesale suppliers for those wholesale businesses that we were talking about last week. But before we get to that, I want to talk about a couple of examples of mindset for your business that I ran across this week. And it just boggled my mind. One incredibly positive example where some 11-year-old kids were showing some amazing mindset potential and and, uh, something that we could all learn from. And one just crazy negative example, something we all need to be watching out for in our business. Does that sound good? Okay, fantastic. So this week, we were back on the baseball field, finally. I know I talked to you guys about the fact that I went to Franklin, Tennessee, I prayed for rain. The rain came, and there was way too much rain. We're finally back on the baseball field. We're playing a lot of rain out, makeup games, and my 12-year-old team, under 12-year-old team, so most of the kids are 11, um, was back in action. And we're a pretty good team. We're not an amazing team. In Texas, uh, baseball goes from absolutely terrible and kids that probably, I won't say they shouldn't be playing baseball, but Maybe some of them are playing because their parents are making them. And all the way up to kids that you look at and you go, well, I have no idea how it's possible that that kid's only 11 or 12 years old. He should be playing on television. It runs the whole gamut uh, along those lines. And our team is, like most teams, somewhere in the middle. We're a pretty good baseball team. And sometimes we play teams that are absolutely amazing and This weekend was one of those cases where we ran up against a team that was just flat out better than us by a wide margin. Now, we played a doubleheader against this team. We're in a doubleheader league, and we threw our best pitcher out there for the first game, or I'll say our most successful pitcher right now, and that pitcher had a good outing, 
and we still lost the game. It was a close game for most of the game as we started to get tired and and start to get into our bullpen a little bit. We ended up losing the game, but it was a, a reasonably close game. The second game, we were in a different part of our pitching rotation for the second game. Those of you that are familiar with baseball know that you can't pitch the same pitcher in two games, usually because that pitcher's arm gets too tired. In the case of little kids, you don't want to pitch them too much because it's not good for the development of their arms. So we pitch a lot of pitchers, and we just, you know, they had better pitching than us in the second game, and we got rocked. We had one inning where we just were in baseball you have these innings where nothing goes your way it seems like the baseball has eyeballs and it can see where your players are standing and it goes wherever they're not standing it's just kind of one of those innings and we got rocked and they scored 15 or so runs on us in a single inning and Instead of this, this depressed my 11 year old baseball team. They don't like to lose, which is, I think, great. They felt bad about losing, which is great. You, you want your 11 year old baseball players to care about losing a baseball game in the same way that in your business, you want that drive to win. But I tell you, we talked to these 11 year olds after the game and overwhelmingly the sentiment of this team was not feeling sorry for themselves about how, how badly they lost, not about how it was unfair or the umpires were unfair or the other team. It was unfair that the other team had better players. They didn't feel victimized by the game. What they told us as a coaching staff was the opportunity that they saw to get better because those were just at the end of the day, other 11 year old and 12 year old kids that we were playing. And if those 11 year old and 12 year old kids could play that well, they felt they should be able, my team felt that they should be able to play that well as well. And so I wondered about all of you out there in your businesses, when you get into those situations where you don't have the success that you expected to have. You don't reach the goal that you expected to reach. You see other people that are having amazing success. What is your reaction? Are you feeling like a victim about how things are stacked against you in your business and how there's just no way for you to compete because you don't have the things that you need to be successful or the deck is stacked against you? Are, are you seeing that competition or those people out there as validation that it's possible for you to be successful? I want to suggest to you that this kind of abundance mindset that there are, there's plenty of, there's plenty of wins available in the case of baseball. There's plenty of opportunities to win. There's plenty of clients out there in the case of your internet business. There's plenty of money out there for you to go after, for you to be successful. There's an abundance of opportunity out there. And the fact that people around you are successful, even when you're not, means that there is a possibility, a way, a roadmap, a path, an opportunity for you to be successful in your business. That's the mindset that I think this 11-year-old baseball team had. And I wondered 
but using the same logic, this opportunity abundance logic, if 11 year olds can have this kind of opportunity, why don't we have this, this opportunity, this mindset, this vision for how to win in our own businesses when we see people around us that are successful. So if you've fallen into this trap where you see other people online that are having success and you're not having the success that you want to and you've got a victim mindset or it depresses you, I want you to flip the script on that this week. I want you to see those examples as evidence that you too can be successful and I want you to find things like my baseball team did. I want you to find examples of things that those people are doing better that you can rise up to that level. And I'll give you one example. This baseball team, this 11-year-old baseball team that we were playing, or 11- and 12-year-old baseball team, they had one coach. And when they were at bat, that coach was out coaching third base. They did not have a first base coach. They did not have a coach in the dugout. They had one coach for that entire team. That team was well-disciplined, incredibly well-behaved. They understood baseball. They were operating at a very high level. My team saw that. They saw that this team was essentially self-managed, and they want to get to that level where they are performing independently in the dugout and on the field. They, They saw that as evidence that they can do it. What do you see that your competition is doing as evidence that you can do, and what are you going to do better this week? So that was case one, a really great story about some young baseball players that are doing it right. So that brings me to case two. Case two is a little bit on the flip side of this. It's something that I saw that just blows my mind. I don't understand this mentality. So in the United States yesterday, we had this mass testing of a new emergency alert system. So for decades in the United States, if there was an emergency, there was a national, there's a national emergency alert system where the emergency broadcast network puts a tone out onto all of the radio stations in the United States. And you can get information out to everyone at once. The idea it's like, um, if there's a nuclear weapon inbound to the United States or a tsunami warning or whatever, they can get on the radio and say, you know, crawl under your desk and hide because a bad thing is happening or whatever they need to do to have mass communication all at once. The problem with the old system is that no one's listening to FM radio anymore. That's not totally true, but now that in this age of podcasting and cell phones and all this other stuff, we, we don't listen to FM radio in the same way that we did 20 years ago or 30 years ago. So this is becoming less and less effective as a method to have mass communication to 300 million people, which is a hard problem. So the United States has developed this cell phone network where they can, at the press of a button, apparently send a message to every cell phone in the United States, and it's uninterruptible. You can't turn it off. You can't opt out. If the president of the United States or the federal emergency management organizations of the United States wants to put a message on your cell phone, they can do that, and they tested it for the first time, at least to my knowledge. They tested it on a nationwide basis yesterday, and every cell phone in the United States went off about 1.30 in the afternoon with a message that said, this is a test of the presidential emergency alert system. 
And I think this is genius. You know, as an engineer, my observation is it's really hard to talk to 300 million people if you can reach some significant percentage of them, most of whom are standing next to the rest of them probably then you can reach almost everyone in an entire country in a matter of minutes. That's a, that's an amazing feat of communication. Good on you. That's probably going to be useful someday. That's my approach, and I kind of moved on with my life. And when I got back to Facebook, I was amazed at all of the people that were spending time taking that as a cue to complain about how they hate our president, which you know, I don't want to get into politics on this show. I understand some people love this guy who's running the United States and some people really don't, but they were taking this opportunity to have a conspiracy theory about how this messaging system was just a ploy by our president to extend his influence and all this stuff, like all this stuff that people were wanting to talk about on Facebook. And my question is what, what in the world, why are these people First of all, why are they so negative and why is everything a problem and why are they always focused on bringing other people around to their very negative point of view and increasing the total amount of negative energy in the world? Why are they like that and why are they spending their time that way when they could be doing something productive? And I wondered about you guys. I wonder how many of you out there are taking time to complain about things that are well outside your sphere of influence to bring people around you down to your level to have a glass half empty point of view on things whether it's this emergency management thing or the weather or any other of a number of things that you really can't control how many of you are spending time doing that and don't even realize it maybe you don't even realize that part of your day is spent being negative about something that there's nothing that you can do about being a victim, being uh, trodden upon by or spending time convincing yourself that you're being trodden upon by the world, that the man is out to get you, that the system is against you. How many of you people are, are feeling that way? Because if you are and you haven't really taking time to stop and think about it or you didn't realize it. I want you to stop that. I want you to stop spending time. It's actually also okay with me if you stop watching so much news and learning all about things that you really can't do anything about, all of the the negative sensational imagery that the news is putting in your brain. I think I want you to stop doing that, and I want you to focus on things that you can do, that you can control. I'm not saying that you shouldn't pay attention to politics, but let's pay attention to the part of politics that we can actually go do something about. I'm not saying that you shouldn't stay informed about what's going on in the world around you. I am saying that you shouldn't obsess about all of the things that are happening that you can't personally take action to change. And I am saying that you should, in general, stop complaining and start doing something about the things in your life that you have control over. If you've fallen into this kind of victim mentality about your business, I want you to recognize it. The first step is to recognize that you have a problem. And I want you to change that energy into some positive energy that that focuses on the stuff that you can do 
to make things better. Because a lot of times I think we get negative about stuff. We fall into habits. We fall into group think about the people, about the kinds of behaviors that people have around us. And we start exhibiting that behavior and it spills over into our business and it keeps us from making progress. So my action for you on this is to do a little self-assessment this week. Are you being sucked down by events and things around you? And if so, I want you to knock that off and start getting focused about the positive things that you can, the positive change, the positive direction that you can affect in your business, in your life, so that you can move forward. This is a wake-up call for you. I want you, I want to challenge you to be better in that regard. And now, and now, it's time to hear what listeners just like you are thinking. Late night listener feedback. 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 Okay, so last week in episode 155, we talked about this business model, Amazon FBA Wholesale. And we talked about the fact that you identify wholesale suppliers, you understand what they are able to sell you, and you look through those thousands of products and find products that you can buy from them and resell profitably on Amazon under the Amazon FBA program. If you didn't get a chance to listen to that episode and that sounds interesting to you, you can find it at latenightim.com forward slash 155. I got a question from listener Danny Mullen in the private Facebook group. Hi, Danny. By the way, if you haven't joined the Late Night Internet Marketing community on Facebook, it's a small private Facebook group. You actually have to answer some trivia questions to get in, and you can find that at latenightim.com forward slash FB group for Facebook group. And I'll let you in if you're a listener and not an evildoer. (laughs) And you can hang with us and ask questions. And the question Danny asked was, hey, Mark, I'm listening to episode 155. I have a question. Do you select the product that you think would work? Or do you select a wholesaler first and then look for products? And this is a really good question. He goes on to say, it seems like sometimes product selection is the is the easy place to get lost. And, and so how do you figure out what to sell based on this? And so Danny's a smart guy. He asks really good questions. And this is the thing that a lot of people ask when they're talking about this business. So let's talk about that a little bit. Where do these suppliers come from and how do you find them? Danny actually hit it right on the head. There are two methods, and he identified both of them. The method that I used when I first started Amazon FBA Wholesale was to just go and look for wholesalers without regard to the products that they sell. So I did kind of decide that I wanted to work in sporting goods and outdoors and home kind of niche. And I I mean niche very broadly, you know, not a small niche of that. I mean, anything that roughly fell into that category. And generally that I I chose that because those products are, they sell well on Amazon. They are not gated on Amazon. This is something that we haven't talked about very much, but there are some things on Amazon that you have to have certain credentials to sell, or you have to have certain experience to sell, or you have to prove that you're a legitimate retailer to sell. For example, you can't go sell diamond jewelry on Amazon unless you're certified to do that. Okay, so that's a bad place to start your FBA business. On the other hand, blow up rafts for swimming pools. If you want to sell a blow up raft for a swimming pool on Amazon, 
no problem. You can do that right now. Anyone can do that. All you have to do is sign up for an account. There's no gating or pre-certification required to do that. So that's the kind of stuff that I went after all kinds of sporting goods and outdoor and hunting and fishing equipment and so forth. Anything like that. That's the kind of place that I started. Additionally, stuff for the home, everything from tools to, you know, pieces of decoration, all that kind of stuff, because it's, it's easy. It's an easy place to get started on Amazon. And what I did and what I was taught to do was go find suppliers and the way without regard to the products, the exact products that they sell. And the way to do that in general, a way to do that is to go find a trade show where suppliers distributors of wholesale distributors are actually attending and get the attendee list for those trade shows. And you'd be amazed. I I didn't really understand this. Maybe you won't be amazed if, if you've done this before, but I was amazed at the number and size of these trade shows in the United States, particularly because that's where I was focused. But I think this is generally true all throughout the world um, where these suppliers go, they buy booths or they they rent booths and they they find customers that way. It's lead generation for these companies. They go to these trade shows and people interested in buying products walk the aisles of these trade shows and talk to these distributors. You can find lists of attendees or you can actually go to these trade shows You can actually visit them if you want to. That's not something I've ever done, but you can actually go to a trade show and go booth to booth and talk to these suppliers and let them know, hey, I want to sell your stuff. Can I have a list of the things that you sell with your pricing? And they'll talk to you and tell you what you need to do to get that. And similarly, if you find a distributor online, you can actually go to that distributor and you can contact them by email or call them up on the phone and say, hey... I am uh, an online retailer. I would like a list of the things that you sell. I would like the opportunity to give you money and buy your stuff. That's basically what you're saying. And in many cases, they will send you that list. In some cases, they will ask you for some additional information, like, can you prove to me that you're a real business, which is easy to do. And then they will send you this list of of things that are available for you to sell. And sometimes that list of things that they sell is thousands or tens of thousands of products. And usually the lists that are super useful are going to have a UPC code so that you can look up the item on Amazon, the price that you need to pay in order to buy it, and some information about the, you know, the, the supplier SKU number and stuff like that. So you can figure out whether or not it's profitable for you to purchase and resell on Amazon. So that's the way that I've mostly been doing it to answer Danny's question is just finding a supplier first. You can also do it the other way. What is often referred to in the industry as reverse wholesale sourcing, where you actually find a product somehow you identify a product in any old way that you want and you try to figure out what the wholesaler is. So let's say you're walking through uh, the sporting goods store and you see some fantastic thing that you know you would like to be able to sell. Let's say you see a knife sharpening kit or something that I actually have sold quite a bit of in fishing season this year, 
a fly tying kit for fly fishermen, a very nice kit. And you look at it and you see who the manufacturer is and you say, man, I wonder if I could sell this product on Amazon, this very one single product. So you're in the store, you know, you're sitting there in the store, you got your cell phone, you take a picture of that product, take a picture of the UPC code and come home and start Googling that product figuring out how to get a hold of the manufacturer and call the manufacturer and say, Hey, manufacturer, I'd like to buy this product. And a lot of times what they will say either on their website or on, you know, in their reply to you in email is either you can buy from them directly or more likely you can buy from these authorized distributors. And that, that list of authorized distributors that they will give you is actually a list of wholesalers. So you so now you're you're looking for one product. The Amazon FBA wholesale business isn't really about selling one product. It's about selling thousands of whatever products are profitable sort of without regard to what they are. It's really just a numbers game. And so why are you focused on one product? Well, the reason is When you contact that wholesale distributor, you can say something like, hey, I was talking to XYZ manufacturer. You know, I was talking to, um, you know, pick a manufacturer, Remington. I was talking to Remington and they suggested I contact you regarding the the purchasing their products. That's a really nice way to, to start an introduction to a wholesale distributor. I was talking to the manufacturer and they said, you were an authorized distributor of their products and I'm interested in buying. How can I do that? Please send me a list of all the stuff that you sell. So now you've gone from this one product, you use the one product, this, you know, in the example that we give this fly fishing kit, the fly tying kit that you saw in the sporting goods store, Dick's or, you know, whatever sporting goods store you were in. And you're going, you went to find a distributor of that one product, but it turns out that distributor will always have hundreds or thousands or tens of thousands of other products that they're also willing to sell you. And so at that point you would ask for the whole list and and you could get the list that way. So that is called reverse wholesale sourcing. So the answer to Danny's question is, you can do it either way. You can go get yourself somehow a list of distributors by looking for trade shows in the industry you want to look at by visiting those trade shows. There are online publications that list wholesalers. You can do Google searches for wholesalers. There's lots of ways to just randomly find wholesalers in a market. Um, and there's many publications online that tell you how to do this. Or you can do reverse wholesaling and find a product and trace it back to its wholesale source. Um, But either way, what you're going to end up with is a a relationship with a wholesaler that's going to provide you with a list of products that you can then analyze to find the profitable products that you can sell on Amazon. So, Danny, thank you for asking one of the most frequently asked questions about Amazon FBA wholesale That's a home run for you, dude. Thank you very much. And I hope that's helpful to all of you if you're thinking about this Amazon wholesale business to demystify where your suppliers will come from. Now it's your turn. What action are you going to take to build your business? Okay, so that wraps it up for this week. I hope that you've had a fantastic week. 
I hope that you will take some action based on some of the things in this episode, particularly with regard to the mindset stuff. I hope you'll pause for just a moment this week and do a little self-reflection. This is really useful, and I hope you'll take some action to understand whether or not you've got some of this negative mindset, either about regarding a lack of abundance or focusing on things that you can't control, and you'll start to make some changes with regard to that in your life, in your relationships, in your business, to, that will help you grow as a person and it will help you grow your business. And I also hope if you're interested in exploring this Amazon FBA business that you will consider these wholesalers and maybe go out and try and find one. Um, it's pretty interesting. If you have more questions about that, you can go ask them in the Late Night Internet Marketing Facebook group at latenightim.com forward slash FB group, and I'll be happy to answer them there, and maybe you'll end up getting mentioned on the show if that's exciting to you. Until next week, I am Mark Mason. This is the Late Night Internet Marketing Podcast, and I hope you have an absolutely fantastic week. Ciao. You can do it right when it's late at night. You've been listening to the Late Night Internet Marketing Podcast. Be sure to visit latenightpodcast.com today to leave feedback for Mark. Download special bonus content, access the show notes, and more. See you there. Until then, then, go and make some great progress on your internet business. One night at a time. One night at a time. Wow, so we really did get absolutely destroyed in that second game Sunday. And we hit the ball. We 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 had a, a good game for us, but sometimes you're just playing a team that is so much better than you. Uh, it is just it is just unreal. And this team that we were playing was just really, really good. But there really, really was a lot to learn from watching these kids play. And one thing that I learned is, I already knew this, but I was reminded of, sometimes right around that age of 11, 12, 13, you know, kids start to grow at an alarming rate. This team that we played was stacked with giant kids. And at one point I looked over and my 85-pound ringing wet shortstop was standing at second base trying to hold this guy on second base, trying to keep him close to the base. He was playing shortstop and he was trying to keep the runner on second base close. And the runner on second base was like, I don't know from the dugout. It looked like this little kid was like 12 feet tall. I mean, it was huge compared to my son. And I just thought, well, you know, sometimes um, you just are up against just overwhelming force. <laughs> so that, that is what happened to us on Sunday, but we learned a lot from it. It was a really good team, um, and it was it was a really fun experience. Late night internet marketing. Hey, it's Mark again. I wanted to tell you one more time about this absolutely free resource that I have for helping people who are trying to get the big picture for internet marketing actually get started and understand what all their choices are. 
if that's not you, there's no more content. You can skip to the end. But if you're someone who came to this podcast because you're searching for how to get started online and you just can't cut through all the noise, I get it. That was me in 2007 when I was trying to get started. There were so many people throwing offers at me that I really couldn't even understand what all the different business models were. I couldn't understand how money moved around on the internet and I couldn't really get a grip on what direction I wanted to go in so I could figure out how to move forward. I've created a free video resource for you just for that purpose at latenightim.com forward slash explain. In several short videos, I just explained to you what internet marketing is all about and what online business is all about and the different options that you have for starting an online business. There's nothing to buy there. You just sign up for access and you get the videos just like that. So if that's interesting to you, or if you know someone who's in a same situation, send them that link, latenightim.com forward slash explain. And let me know what you think. I'd love to hear what people are thinking that are in the exact same position that I was in more than a decade ago in 2007. In some ways, it seems like yesterday. And in some ways, it seems like an entire lifetime ago. Again, that's latenightim.com forward slash explain. Late night internet marketing.